It's the end of 2023, and that means that the election for president in 2024 is right around the corner. But one question is looming ahead of this election. Will it be President Biden or former President Trump? Or will you vote at all? It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Join us just a moment as we discuss the voter fatigue for 2024 in this 2024 election preview. Welcome back. It's Save the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Lavelle. Look, we hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving break and hopefully you enjoyed time with family, food, and you got a lot of rest. And we look forward to the Christmas holidays that's coming up as well. Hopefully you had a great year and you're looking forward to an even better year in 2024. As we look forward in this first Sunday here in December, we want to look forward in 2024 to see exactly what's going to happen as it relates to the presidential election. But before we do so, I would like to thank you, the listener, as we always do, for being our greatest supporter. It's been almost a full year that we've broadcasted uh, here from the campus of the Norfolk State University, from WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA. And every Sunday, you tune in to us and you tune in to the station. And without you, we can't do what we do. So thank you to supporters and thank you for all that you've done for us as we continue to bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues that are important to the community. So when we talk about issues important to the community, as I mentioned previously, during this 2024 presidential election preview, one of the major issues that we have that is starting to rise to the top in this uh, election season is will voters actually come out to vote? According to The Hill, an article published uh, just a week ago, it states that voter frustration could be key to turnout in 2024, according to experts. Former President Trump and President Biden appear to be headed toward a rematch, despite polls showing that many voters are not satisfied with the current options for presidents. According to experts, they say that this could create a political environment in which more voters decide to sit out the next November election than in past recent elections. As a matter of fact, they've said that turnout could also be uplifted through building intense opposition to the other party's candidates. However, according to a professor at the University of Chicago, these two well-known individuals, and most people know their views, they're really looking at the most relevant question, which isn't that really vast for the majority of people, which is do I vote for Trump or do I vote for Biden? It's whether I vote at all. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, on this show, we talk about and we educate uh, our listeners about the importance of your vote. In our democracy, in the world, it is really one of the, if it's the only democracy that, that champions free vote, you know, one vote, you know, is your voice being able to make a difference. As a matter of fact, we are looked upon as a beacon of light across the world for our democracy and the ability for an individual to cast their vote uh, for the person that they want to represent them, whether it be on the local school board, the local city council, 
whether it be for uh, judges, congressional members, state representatives, you or the president of the United States, you name it, you have an opportunity to make your voice heard. Even when it comes to ballot measures for new taxes or new provisions, new constitutional amendments, whatever the case may be, you have the opportunity to vote. So when we hear about or we read articles and see studies about this that comes out where individuals simply don't want to vote, to me, that's alarming. To me, it shows that maybe the parties or individuals aren't doing enough to galvanize uh, voters or to educate voters or, or to talk with the community and people to inform them how important this is. But on the other hand, as a citizen of this country and knowing that this being our country, it's also on us to recognize how important it is that we continue to get out and vote. And listen, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to ignore the obvious when we talk about voter fatigue. You know, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we have an important election every year. That's a good thing. But also it could be a bad thing because you become fatigued at voting and you can become fatigued at promises, campaign promises and stump speeches that really don't deliver what they say they will deliver. So it's a mixed bag. But ultimately, if you don't vote, then your voice cannot be heard. So in essence, a vote not to vote is actually a vote. According to The Hill, the voter turnout has been trending up in most recent presidential elections, staying near or past 60% of eligible voting population since 2004. So about two-thirds of eligible voters participated in the 2020 presidential election between uh, former President Trump and now President Biden, which was the highest turnout in more than a century. Think about that. What was happening in 2020? In 2020, we had a major uh, economic downturn. We had a global pandemic. We had uncertainty in the world. We had chaos emanating daily from the uh, from the house, the White House. We had local school board meetings blowing up at individuals who wanted to promote certain books and things of that nature. I mean, it was absolute chaos that we were enduring on every single day, not just in our country, in our local communities, but also in the world. But with that being the case. We had the largest voter turnout in a century, over 100 years. I mean, that speaks volumes about the importance of that people at that time. We as citizens saw our vote. It was extremely important. But even with that, even with the global pandemic, even with the downturn in the economy, even with people that we know that are dying because of a disease that we had no we didn't know anything about, even with chaos emanating from our communities, our local school board, council, city council meetings, our state houses, our federal house and our White House. We still got out to vote. But polls are showing and have regularly shown throughout the 2024 election cycle that many voters simply don't want a rematch. As a matter of fact, uh, just under a year before the election showed about half of registered voters. I want other candidates to jump in the race. And this is according to a um, Quinnipiac University poll that was released. As a matter of fact, Republican strategists 
Karl Rove, who was key to former President George Bush's election victories, told Fox News that he expects turnout to drop in 2024, breaking a recent trend, of course, of increasing higher turnout since 2012. And he thinks that it's going to go down for these two men and nominees and their parties because both take this as take no prisoners approach to American politics. But the Democratic representative, uh, Representative Aprila Jayapal out of Washington, who is the chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, she also expressed concern Monday on CNN about voters staying home if they don't feel their, their issues are being addressed. She says that our biggest swing voter is not our base who won't swing to Donald Trump or a Republican, but they will swing right out to the couch if they don't think it's worth their time. Matter of fact, she says, if nobody's paying attention to them or if they're being ignored or taken for granted, she said, adding to 2024 could be 2016 all over again for the Democratic Party. And of course, we know in 2016, uh, it was highly uh, anticipated that uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton would become president, except for myself, which I've on this I've said on this show and predicted earlier that Donald Trump would be the nominee and would win the election over Hillary Clinton as well, all the way back to 2015 and early 2016. But according to the article, Republican strategist Charlie Colin, who's the chief strat- uh, strategist for Red Pack, said he believes low voter turnout would likely benefit Trump more than Biden. And he argued that many in 2020 were voting more against Trump than for Biden and less enthusiastic uh, exists, less enthusiasm exists for Biden right now. So could this mean that, according to uh, according to this article, that excitement is necessary for base to come to the polls and the presidential candidate would be the main way to access, uh, excite voters. But the parties have to do alternative methods of getting people to vote, including ballot measures. So when we talk about getting people out to vote. And again, elections, they, were, they are about excitement. They're about the, the rah-rah, it's about the stump speech, it's about galvanizing people in hope and belief and the like. You know, but, you know, that tends to, like an error in a balloon, that tends to go out once the balloon reaches a certain uh, uh, level or it pops. So elections are about excitement, but they're also about substance. They're about issues. They're about things that are affecting our everyday lives and things that are on the ballot. So when we neglect to get out and vote, we're neglecting to speak to those things that are on the ballot. We're neglecting to speak to those measures, those laws, those public policies that we actually govern our lives each and every day. Once again, a vote not to vote is actually a vote itself. So what issues or ballot measures are we looking at on the ballot itself? As a matter of fact, according to Colin, he says the president, presidential candidate is obviously going to be the most excitement at the top of the ticket in every state, but they've seen ballot measures really affect races that are down ballot and at the top of the ballot as well. So according to Cole, if you're looking at swing states um, and what camp is trying to win, those ballot measures have to be really favorable to their party and motivate 
their base to get out. So that becomes extremely crucial. So what are those ballot measures that in each state, if you're not excited for the presidential candidate, if you're not excited for your party, if you're not excited for actually electing or reelecting uh, a, a former president or a current president, what really matters to you? So we've seen, according to The Hill, ballot measures have really increased in the past year and a half, especially when we put several states of, in issues of voters of abortion and the aftermath of abortion of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade on the ballot. As a matter of fact, in seven states, according to The Hill, where abortion-related measures have been on the ballot, since then voters have favored the side protecting abortion rights and what has been cons- as consistent victories for Democrats. And this has happened. And of course, we know the most recent election um, in here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, with the Democrats taking both the House and maintaining the Senate, uh, giving a major blow and defeat to the Republican Party and our governor. But also, according to The Hill, in Republican leaning state of Ohio, where it was actually not candidates running on the issue of protecting uh, abortion rights, but actually a measure to be adopted into the law of Ohio. So we see where these efforts, according to the Hill, are underway to get these abortion measures on the ballot in 2024 and in several states, including these swing states, important swing states in this election, such as Arizona and also Nevada itself. But according to the Hill, Democratic strategist Jared Leopold noted that every state has had abortion on the ballot since the court's decision and seen very high turnout. And that issue will be huge for turn for a huge turnout motivator across the country as relates to Democrats. So when we ask ourselves about who's leading our country, the more important issue is what issues are we actually looking at? for on the ballot to affect our everyday lives. So this becomes a major fundamental issue when we start to look at the race itself and the eventual nominees of Trump versus Biden. After the primary is over, you know, will these these individuals, these two, be the ones that we actually turn out to vote for? Or will it be someone else? But with this being the case, you know, it, 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 it shows that voters are really engaged. They're really engaged in not just um, who they're voting for, but what they're voting for in these ballot measures. It's Save the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville, and you're joining us for our 2024 election preview for the president of the United States with the eventual nominees of President Joe Biden and more than likely former President Donald Trump going head to head in a rematch. The question becomes, according to a Hill article, not will voters vote for President Joe Biden or vote for former President Trump, but rather will voters sit at home and not vote at all? Of course, we've been discussing this and looking at why voters would sit at home and why they're not satisfied primarily with the candidates that they have. Now, we know in in news reporting, there's, of course, a lot of disdainment and distaste in the mouths of voters on the Republican Party side as relates to their former president. 
However, according to a former, uh, according to a recent poll, it showed that President Donald, former President Donald Trump, is leading by a landslide as it relates to his particular uh, party nomination. As a matter of fact, it showed that he's leading at 61% of voters voting in primaries for him to actually be on the ballot. Behind him is, is of course, uh, current governor uh, uh, Santos out of Florida. And then behind him is uh, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, uh, with 10%. Santos has um, 17%. But, well, Santos is actually not Santos, but Santos. But with that being the case, we can see that even though there may be about 25, 30 percent of voters uh, on the Republican side that say, hey, we don't want Donald Trump. It looks as if over 60 percent of the party says, yes, he will be our nominee. So if all holes, former President Donald Trump will head for a rematch with current President Joe Biden. But. Will Joe Biden have an issue with the voter base, the most important and the most faithful voter base of the Democratic Party? And that's African-Americans and young black voter support. According to The Hill, an article published in September, which continues to hold today when we look at the numbers, it says Biden grapples with concerns over young black voter support. As a matter of fact, the Biden administration was looking to ramp up their support of young black voters, as polls show. His approval rating with that, democrat, that democrat, uh, demographic slipping ahead of 2024. As a matter of fact, at that time, according to a poll by the Highland Project, it found that 69% of millennial and Gen Z black women are dis, were dissatisfied with the direction that the country was going. Also, another poll by AEI Center for on American Life found that only 21 percent, that's 21 percent of black voters between 18 and 49, want Biden to be the Democratic nominee. Now, I, I want us to like peel back that number and just and the significance of that. Now, when you talk about individuals being dissatisfied. That's about 70%. 70% of black women who are what's called millennial, and that's if you're, you know, right when the internet came out, uh, you know, you're in that 45 range, 45, 50 range, uh, or you're, you're Gen Zer, you know, that that's very significant. That shows that you have the tendency to be not just because you're not satisfied, you may have a tendency not to vote at all. But then when you start to look at black voters as a whole, between 18 and 49, which is the millennial Gen Zer, it says that they don't want Donald Trump at all. That's only 20, 21%. I'm sorry, 21% that want Joe Biden to be their nominee. That's eight, so 80% want someone else, and 70% are not of that are dissatisfied of the women. That is alarming for any voter base. So what do you do with that? And why is that the case? So first, let's take a look at what the um, administration was doing or is doing to kind of help to move this number in a more positive direction. 
So the Biden campaign recognized this this trend, according to the Hill, and the Vice President Harris spent a month touring HBCUs uh, on what's called their HBCU tour, Fight for Our Freedoms College tour. Now, of course, other colleges were involved in that. And we know that um, she attended and was at one of the universe HBCUs here in Hampton Roads, Hampton, Hampton University, as part of that tour. As a matter of fact, Harris stated that this generation is critical to the urgent issues that are at state right now for our future. She mentioned young leaders throughout America who know what solutions look like and are organizing their communities to make that a reality. So she stated that they're counting on meaning the Biden administration counting on them and that they need them and saying that they're everything. But in a agent Shropshire executive director of the left leaning black pack said black voters have become critical electorate for Democrats who cannot win an election without their support. So if you can't win an election without their support, she's saying that the energy that drives the electorate, that black voter electorate, that young black voter electorate, that millennial to Jazeera. By the way, I'm a millennial, right? So I'm, I fit right into this category, but I see it from a different perspective. But she said the young black voters tie their activism and participation in the culture to why they actually vote. So their cultural element, according to Shropshire, to political engagement and political activism in the black community is the energy that young people bring, and I like the fact she's still calling millennial young, so, but young people really bring to the polls, and it sends a message about when the moment for the black community comes together and act in unity, protecting black communities and black communities' interests and the black community's future. So, knowing that our, the energy of, these, of this demographic of the black community is tied to activism. That means a lot of policies that are actually championed by either party, whether it be the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, and more specifically, the Democratic Party in this instance, because these are the voters who are voting for Democrats, have to actually mirror that. You know, when you talk about what really took place during the time of the pandemic, BLM, Black Lives Matter movement, when we look at the issues that were facing the black community as it relates to over-policing, poverty, um, black maternal health, over uh, the, the, the pipeline to prison, prison to pipeline, I, I mean, all of that, uh, the economic uh, deserts, the food deserts that exist, environmental racism, all of that came to the forefront. It bubbled to the top. And African-American young black voters show that these are the issues that we are excited about. These are the solutions that we really want to see. And not only that, but also the, 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 the albatross around the neck of a lot of our, 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 our African-American students that went to college and not just African-American, but college, individuals that go to college themselves of student loan debt. They wanted to see push on that. So when they say that they're not satisfied, that part of the demographic, they're not satisfied with the way things are, it simply means that they haven't seen those policies, they haven't seen the policies, really move forward on their activism on the issues that concern the black community. So, but has the Biden administration actually moved on those issues? 
according to the Hill, some argue that the administration hasn't been successful at messaging when it comes to what they've accomplished for black Americans. Not just so it's not that they haven't moved, but rather the message that was out there. So according to the Hill, since taking office, President Biden invested five point eight billion in HBCUs. He's addressed the black maternal health crisis with Black Maternal Health Week, which is the blueprint for addressing the maternal health crisis. He's also forgiven some student loan debt, though not for as many borrowers as originally promised. So that's where we go back to that voter fatigue and voter promises. But for those who know these successes, according to the Hill, the efforts are working. And this is comes from a junior at Morehouse who's quoted that says that one of the top issues going into 2024 is protection of voter rights. So according to this uh, particular student at Morehouse, Kaishan Nichols-Smith, he says, I think what we're seeing more and more is a lot of young black voters becoming more politically engaged and furthermore deepening their understanding of the political process. So he believes there's a two-edged sword of narratives about the left and the right, and that means that voter education is really beneficial. So once again, we talk about education. What have you done? But in politics, it's all about in business is what have you done for me lately? So being able to message and educate the public about what they've done is really the the issue. According to uh, according to the Hill, it says the Biden Harris administration, they're reaching out to young black voters, particularly HBCU voters, hearing their concerns, things like student loan debt, race, racism. And also things of that nature, but it's beneficial so far but by creating more dialogue. However, is dialogue enough? According to a Pew Research Center, they found that 70% of American adults younger than 30 would rather have the popular vote determine presidential winners and 58% want to expand the Supreme Court. So it goes back to has something else working in the favor when it comes to being progressive or progressive trends. You know, but according to a uh, junior Spellman, Arian Levin, who identifies as Democrat, she believes that these, the issues uh, that black voters care about aren't the Republican Party aren't likely to address. So with that, she feels that individuals may be dissatisfied with the Biden administration. She may be dissatisfied, they may be dissatisfied with how the messaging or messaging at all is coming from the White House. But she believes that they're really not going to vote for the Republican Party because their Republican Party is very unlikely to address Black Lives Matter movement issues and other movement issues of the black community of activism in their platform or their agenda. So especially when you look at what's happening uh, with some of the candidates for, for the Republican nomination, there really hasn't been an, uh, any addressing of black issues that have come from their platforms at all. As a matter of fact, when they came, when the issue of removing certain information or certain historical teachings from black history in Florida, a lot of Republicans sidestepped the issue. As a matter of fact, they said, you know, they really didn't want to address it. Even some of that, the African-American candidates for, for, for presidential nominee for the Republican party. So, Again, the, what the polls show, the article is right. It's not that voters, the biggest swing voters, or aren't those that are going to swing from one party to the next, but rather 
will they actually get out and vote at all? You know, one conversation that I have many conversations with a lot of colleagues and people that stop me and uh, just want to talk politics. And one thing that is noted, what this administration has done, President Biden, is that he wasn't, he didn't ask for the pandemic, but he let us out of the pandemic. If you notice, nobody has masks on. We have, uh, if you want to get a vaccine, you can get it. You know, you can go right up and walk up and get it for free or get it with, through your insurance. Not only that, but the economy was tanking. And right now, the United States is the only stable economy post-pandemic in the world. China is suffering, the second largest economy. And others see the U.S. dollar as their safety now. But not only that, but President Joe Biden put the first black woman in the White House as vice president. The first black woman on the U.S. Supreme Court. The first African-American male as secretary of defense. And no, he has not forgiven all student loan debt, but he's forgiven quite a bit. So once again, it's not so much what have you done, but are you communicating what you've done? But one thing I want to communicate to you is choosing not to vote is not an option. Every election, go out, vote, make your voice heard, and ensure that the public and the politicians know that you are engaged. Thank you for joining us for this presidential preview of 2024. Continue to tune in as we continue to follow this race because your vote is important because it's your country, it's your future, it's your community. Tune in next week as as you always do as we continue to delve into issues important to the community. I'm Dr. Eric Laville. Be good, be great. God bless. And we'll see you next week.